Video vampires, everyone. It's Jessica. And Mickey. What's up? What's going um, on? What you been uh, watching? I've been watching everything. Like, I, I had, like, a weird... Uh, That's really good, weird... though, because I feel like you're the one that doesn't... You weren't for a while. You were, like, not watching things. I know. I was, I was like, kind of losing my touch. Um, uh, no, I, uh, I'm watching a lot. Uh, so I was telling you before, and my wife and I won passes to this virtual film festival called Nightstream, um, which is great. It was a bunch of different film festivals, all horror, sci-fi genre, um, like three or four different festivals that kind of collide came together because, um, you know, because of the coronavirus. So we watched, uh, we've, I've watched four movies so far with that. We still have some more to watch, but we watched, um, Leap of Faith, which is going to be on Shutter. It's Leap of Faith is a, a documentary um, about The Exorcist. It's an interview with William Freakin that's like an hour and a half long. It's pretty cool because I mean, like a lot of stuff. If you're like, if you've ever seen him do like Q and A, or you've seen, you know, read any of his stuff, you know a lot of it. Then he like he throws in like weird like tidbits, like that you're like, oh, I didn't know that. He also explains like certain. Let me explain. Let me let me say, tell you what I told my wife because she was like, "Oh, what'd you think?" And I was like, "I really liked it, even though it felt like a long um, special feature." But what I really liked about it is that when you listen to William Freakin talk, he mentions all these movies that inspire him, or all these paintings, or all these all this music. And in this documentary, they would show you like he would talk about like a movie that he really was really influenced by, and they would show you a clip of that movie. So you go, "Oh, it, it makes even more sense." now watching it like oh that's what he's talking about that visual right there or like the artwork you know that, that really inspired him um it was really cool um we watched another movie called the returned which is this weird argentinian um horror film um takes place in the early 1900s uh it's it's really good it's very similar in the vein to like the la llorona um movie that's on shutter not the crappy one that got a big release but like not the one that's like part of like the Insidious or like a Conjuring franchise, but like one that was like a Guatemala, I think it was a Guatemalan horror film. Very similar, like taking like a social, an issue about like, you know, the, the people who are being repressed and um, abused by the powerful and like kind of t- creating an entire horror movie around that. So I really enjoyed that one a lot. And then um, we watched one called Survival Skills, which had Stacey Keach in it. Um, Stacey Keach, the, um, I think... I always, the first time I ever really noticed him in anything was Escape from L.A., but he's been in everything, you know, Class of 1999, um, Science Configuration, speaking of Exorcist, a bunch of stuff. I love Stacey Keach. I did not care for this movie. It was a brilliant premise. Like, I, the premise of this movie was so good. I'm mad that I didn't even think of it, but it was like, basically it took like a, it, the video, the movie is a format of a, um, like an 80s training video for cops, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> and, they're, and they're like, and, and in the video, Stacey Keach is like the narrator and he's like, let's meet our, and he's like, you know, he, you know, he introduces you to this one cop, right? Who's like a rookie. And what happens with the movie is, is we end up following that guy's, that character's life for an entire year. But it's still done within the context of like the, the, um, the, the, the training video. So like every once in a while, like Stacey Keach will inter- like interrupt or there'll be like a weird tracking issue in the movie. But the movie, like, so it's a great idea. It's like, oh, what if the characters and what, what would happen if the characters in training videos were real? Like, they were real people and not just actors. And what would it be like to follow them, follow them, you know, their footsteps for like a year? But the movie gets really dark. Like, there's this weird, like, subplot or this weird plot line about like this abused woman and her like stepdaughter who's also abused by like her husband. And like, it takes these, it veers into these like serious, topics so these like pretty hardcore topics but it doesn't do them really any justice and i know that like it kind of felt like they were like oh man isn't this clever and it's like 
it would have been if you had actually made made a point, but you really don't, you know, like, and the, the idea is like, well, look how the system fails us. And it's like, yeah, there's a million ways you could have done that point better, but you didn't, you know? So if anything, they, you know, I feel like the filmmakers failed a really great idea. And that's what made me make it, made me so angry with the movie. I was like, Stacey Creech is a great actor. He's always awesome. Um, and you wasted a really great idea on something that, you know, uh, anyway. And then when I saw Mandibles, which was, I can never pronounce this guy's name, but like Quentin Dupree. Dupree? I, wish, I wish you knew who Etan Concrete was and who any, if anyone's listening and they know who Etan Concrete is, you will also laugh because all it does is remind me of the Etan. Actually, I'm going to send it to you, Mickey, after so you can listen to it. You're going to be embarrassed. I'm a little embarrassed too, but they're from New Jersey, if that makes any sense. But there's a song called Mandibles and every you, we were talking a little bit before this and every time you mention it, I can't stop thinking about that song. Um, so, lol. Hopefully, but on, hopefully, hopefully, the song is better than the movie because uh, <laughs> the guy who made this movie directed a movie called Rubber, which I'd seen years ago, and it's about an animate tire that um, comes to life, and obviously, and then like it's also telepathic and it kills, it makes people's heads explode. Um, a tire, like a, a, a you know, like a tire, yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, I, I remember seeing that movie with two friends of mine. We went to go to the new art and saw it when open, you know, when it, when it came out and they were not, I walked out and we'd be like, I loved it. I thought it was great. It was fantastic. It was one of my favorite things I've seen this year, a fucking tire just dry, running around, killing people. It's hilarious. They did not feel the same way. Mm -hmm. I felt probably the way they felt watching this movie mandibles. And it's about these two um, kind of like these two French bill and Ted S characters, like kind of like these slackers, kind of like these dopes and everything like that who come across this, um, giant fly like the size of like a dog and um they end up they never explain why they how they find it like they never explain where it came from and that's okay i'm always okay with that but the idea is that they're gonna like okay we're gonna train this fly to do all these things for us and we're gonna live on easy street so far i'm on board i'm i'm like this movie's great and then it just it just got so meandering in a way that i don't like i love meandering films this one just takes and i'm like just go back to the fucking fly like there's this whole subplot about this them meeting this girl who thinks that one of them is like an old high school friend and they start taking advantage of her hospitality. But all I want to do is I want to see the giant fly that like yeah. may or may not have eaten a dog, you know? And it's like, it's like as if I'd seen the movie rubber, the one that he had done before. And it's like, Oh yeah, we're going to show you a movie about a tire that kills people. And then you barely see the tire and you're like, okay, well, you know, that's, that's how I felt about that. But we watched some really good short films. Um, uh, like, I mean, when I say short, I mean, some of these were like two minutes, three minutes long. One was called Satanic Panic 87, which I loved. It was like this Scottish um, Scottish short film about these like two people who like these two teenagers who like into death metal, who like kill somebody because their their video, their their uh, Jane Fonda aerobicized video, whatever, is like satanic and is telling them to kill people. Um, it's hilarious. And I loved it. Um but uh, we watched that. So we, we were watching those. Um, we have our Saturday night movies, which we watched Nightmare on Street 3, which you oh, and I yeah. did an episode on with Eric from Meth Syndicate. And then we watched Demons, which my wife had never seen. You and I had also did an episode on that. Um, we also watched Phantasm 2. Uh, these are all part of our, our Halloween weekly block things that my wife and I are doing together. Um, and by that, I just mean like I, you know, I show the movie. I, I force her to watch these movies that I'm like, I haven't seen this movie in a while. I want to watch it. Let's make an event out of it. Um, and then we've been watching a lot of TV. We um, 
we kind of had some like stuff going on in our apartment with like our cat who was like not doing well. He's doing much better, but it was like, there was like a really dark moment and we were like, we went on Netflix and I was like, okay, let's just watch a little Shit's Creek, like a rerun of Shit's Creek so we can like go to bed with a smile, you know? And it turns out that they had leaked or not. I don't think they leaked, but they Netflix was like, we're going to release the episodes on the new, the last season, which season six is the last season. We're releasing that October 7th or whatever, 10th. And they actually released it on like the second or third. So oh, nice. we ended up binge watching like half the season one night and the other half the other night. And it was great, great way to end a show. Um, really impressed with how awesome that show is for such a small and simple premise. It's a really, it's a premise that's been done a million times before, but there's something about the show that does it so well. And the cast is great. Um, I don't know. I, I think I watched the first season on Netflix, but I just never got into it. I think I just hate rich people to be honest. And, but I'll, I'll have to revisit cause everyone loves it. Yeah, you have to because the first season is basically taking this 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 well worn, you know, well worn territory of like rich people suddenly not rich now they're poor and like how do they fucking function? It's like the plot line's been done a million times. But what's great about that show is that as the show progresses, the characters become more rich, like not monetarily, but like more like they have more layers and like you really like I was saying like the show makes me laugh. Like Catherine Hara makes me laugh all the time and eugene levy is i mean it it made me happy to see eugene levy in this because i was like i was terrified that the few the generations would always remember him as the dad in american pie and i'm like no he is so much funnier and he's got so much more to, to you know he's got so much more going on they're great and they're funny and all the all the the cast is fucking brilliant but what's great is that like how the movie the show will take like these weird like pivots into like pretty emotional like i was crying on a few episodes because like my god you know and like as the show progresses like some of like the the grounds they they cover you know are just really i was really really impressed and um i i, I end up really falling in love with that show a lot and it's really gotten me through this whole fucking you know pandemic nightmare you know so we watched we, we definitely watched um schitt's creek we watched a little bit more of raised by wolves which i think is fantastic it's I mean, fucking it's, great it, it really is. is it's it's so I don't know. I mean, like every time I'm like, ah, I think I know where this story is going to go. It'll go in a different direction. And I really like that. I'm a really big fan of that show. Um, we watched, uh, watched some more Lovecraft country. And I'm like, I'm, I was saying this to a friend of mine. I was talking on the phone that like, when I first started watching that show, I was really like hoping that it was going to be more Lovecraft focused. And instead, what I, what I do like about it is that it's like, it's, it's kind of um, uh, acknowledging, it's kind of referencing all this pulp material. But my problem is that it's treating pulp as a genre and not as like a pulp. Like pulp fiction had like a bunch of different genres in it, like horror, adventure, all these things. And they're kind of treating them all as like one one thing. As I'm saying, is like, no, within that field, you had all these different genres. I wanted to see more of a pulp horror story across. Whereas like one episode felt like an Indiana Jones episode. There was one episode that takes place in Korea, which I actually really, 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 really liked. If you haven't seen it, which I think you have. Yeah, I was um, just going to talk about it, actually. Woo! I love that episode. But it's not grabbed me the way Raised by Wolves did. And I, I wanted to – I always – I keep watching because I wanted to grab me more. And I love everybody in it. So I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be the episode. Raised by Wolves has got me, like, the first, like, 10, 15 minutes. I was like, holy shit, I'm into this, you know? I think um, I think it's a little different. I, I just recently caught up on Lovecraft Country, and I was really pleasantly surprised with how it rounded off. I really liked the multiverse um, episode. I really liked the Succubus episode. Um, and these are, like, 
really great. Like the succubus episode, like really blew my mind. I was like, holy shit. Like I, I'm watching this in a real, like not in an anime or, you know, like I thought it was great. And plus I really, I, I'm the opposite. I really like how they've taken pieces of these old stories and especially old horror stories and then interwoven them within this family. Um, And they are, I I do, I do what one episode was like an Indiana Jones. It is an adventure, but that's the whole, like it's like reading like a comic book or like a pulp story rather than you know a, a consistent horror show and i i actually like that instead of instead of the opposite um those last few episodes i thought were really great i like that it's um moving into like female empowerment in a little way like it's it's really cool um and it's really fucking sad i mean you're going through periods of history with like such oppression that it's like it's just it's it's hard to watch in some spaces but i really ended up liking it yeah i mean like all i'm saying is that like you know in the, the pulp materials of like the 30s and 40s and before that there was like it wasn't just it was a bunch of different genres and I just, I don't know. I just, I felt like I wanted to see like Pulp Horror had like so much going on that like, I wanted to see more of that, but I get what you're saying. It's like, you know, there is a lot of, um, it does cover a bunch of different genres as, as a whole, you know? And I, 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 I can see why, you know, I just, I guess I got so excited by the, like the first episode was like, man, this is going to be, oh, I wanted, I basically want to see Lovecraft on TV. Cause I feel like I don't. And see, I said, don't. Like, We've yeah, given I, this mediocre white man enough. Like, it doesn't have to follow anything to a T. I oh, no, no, no. We, I know. I agree with that. But, I'm just yeah. saying. I don't. I feel like we've seen it, and now that we're getting into a, another interpretation of it, which I sure. really like, and 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 pulp stories. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I don't that. know. I think I was more surprised. It, but it took me a while to catch up on the on the um, show because there's so many other things happening. Yeah. And, coming out at least for tv i know and like i and i a lot of it again we we you know one thing that keeps us sane during this whole thing is we watch a lot of like we'll watch something like kind of comfort food before the the night's over and we've been watching a lot of i I never thought i'd be into this but my wife got me that was fucking psych i don't know if you ever saw psych but it's fucking great and i'm like and the references they make in that i'm like oh my god like this is like my alter ego is written in this show you should watch it. It's actually really funny. Um, the, the the theme song of that show is by far one of the worst things I've ever heard. Like, I kind of want to, like, punch myself repeatedly when I, every time the theme song comes on. But the rest of it, dynamite. I'm like, this is – it's a great show. It's a, it's funny. It's uh, – the references it's – it's a geek show. It's a show for fucking geeks, you know, and, and I, I love that. Um, and then we watch Woke. We've been watching Woke, which I, I, I had mentioned. It's on Hulu. Um, our uh, My old roommate an old friend of mine, um, Solomon, who was a guest on our, our, on the show. Yeah. He, we did vamp. Yeah. He did a few, ep- he, I think he's written one or two. I know he's on the, he's written at least one episode on that show and it's been, um, it's really cool. And, um, I, I did, I dig that show a lot. Aside from that, um, I mean, that's what I mean. Aside from that, that's a lot of stuff. I've been yeah, like, you actually comparatively speaking for you yeah, too. I, I crammed a lot in there, you know? Um, Ooh, I watched a movie I think you might like. I don't know. I don't know how you're going to find it. it was, uh, I have a, it's a something weird video release um, from like, it was like a 60s uh, sexploitation movie called Smell of Honey, Taste of Brine. Oh, that and sounds like, good already. It, yeah, look it up. Um, I like I all they, those something weird releases because they are really fucking weird. Yeah, they are. They really are. And like, um, they're, it's this great 
It's a, it's a great like sex exploitation movie um, about this woman who's just like kind of like she's a monster. You know, she does terrible things. Like she basically like lures guys in, um, starts to fool around with them, and then abruptly like accuse them of like assaulting her, and then like just watching them like fall apart as human beings, and then getting off on it. And it's like it's 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 clearly written by a guy you know who's just like you know who wants to be really provocative about like but it's just so much fun it really is and like the lead actress is like she's so she she's such a bad actress that she starts to like drift into like really like i'm like you know what maybe she's not so bad maybe she's actually brilliant and i'm not i'm not i'm, I'm like it's it reaches a point where it, it gets so good um and i really like so smell of honey taste of brine direct, uh directed by david friedman who um was produced a bunch of Herschel Gordon Lewis movies. It cool. is delightful. Um, what was the line in the movie that made me want to see it? it? Was She said she's talking to her roommate who's a lesbian who she like has she leads on and then she rejects all the time. And she says, Paula, I may be a bitch, but I'll never be a butch. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> my God. Um, I love that line. So um, I watched that. But anyway, what, what have you watched? Date a bunch of shit. Um, no, I, I caught up on Lovecraft Country, um, and then I also watched The Haunting of Bly Manor, so it's really easy for me to binge TV shows, so I was basically done with it in, like, a day and a half, which is unfortunate, because now it's over. Um, I really liked it, I I mean, I I don't say, uh, it's weird, I, I feel really weird about these two releases from the same guy, it's The Haunting of Hill House, um, and The Haunting of Bly Manor. It's weird because I, I do find them enjoyable. They're really easy watches and they are scary in parts, but I don't really like them. Um, <laughs> Hunting a Hill House. Yeah, like I, I just don't know what it is. I just don't really like it. I felt like some of them, some of them were too soft, but I've rewatched it probably a hundred times. So I can't really tell you like, I think it's good to have on in the background and it's just scary enough where I like, I'll pay attention to the good scary parts and then kind of just like do work or wash dishes or whatever. Um I did like this one a little bit better, though. It's got, um, you know, the same people in it. So, you know, and that's fine. I, I kind of like when people reuse the same cast. Um, but it's it just takes place in, like, rural England, which I've been to once. Um, one time me and my friend went to London, and then we decided to see a concert. And it was in the middle of fucking nowhere, which I had no idea England look like that but yeah uh takes place in a mansion in the middle of nowhere this she you know she's an American girl and gets a job of being an au pair for these two creepy children and oh, you know yeah isn't it his, like so if the haunting of hill house was his adaptation of Shirley Jackson's the haunting of hill house isn't this one his adaptation of the turn of the screw yeah but it's been it's been adapted you know literally probably like hundreds of times throughout history mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it, it's fine. It's good. It's like, you know, oh, sexual oppression. Oh, like I get it. It was enjoyable for sure. Parts of it are really scary. Um, but did I love it? No. But was it easy to watch? Absolutely. I binged the whole thing, you know, immediately. <laughs> I did want to know what was going on. Um, the characters are really likable, you know, they are, but there's just something about it that I feel like is lazy i don't i don't know what or maybe it's like too family oriented for me which i'm, I'm supposed it's supposed to be like that but I, it's weird it, i feel weird about these i like it but i don't um what was so, it that was it matt i can't remember who it was who we were talking probably. to about yeah it probably was who we were talking about um 
the haunting of hill house and it was like the way it was described was that half of it is like a scary movie the other half is this is us and by the end of the show this is us is one yes you know? okay and that maybe uh yeah probably matt or maybe me or maybe I, matt said that to me and i said it but uh yeah this is exactly what it feels like and it's to be fair i do love this is us so maybe this is why I like these shows so much is because, you know, the inner part of me really likes this like family oriented bullshit. Um, also, Carla Gugino, Gugino, better yeah. name. Um, she fucking looks great with gray hair. Like, I'm not ruining anything. She, she looks great with her thing. She looks she just looks fantastic. I just oh, she's just so attractive. Um, and so that's I binged that in like a day. And then I finally finished um, my probably 15th round of Six Feet Under. It's still the best finale of a show that I've ever seen in my entirety of watching TV, which has been probably since I was a kid. You know, everyone knows Watch Key Kids sit and watch the tv but uh yeah if you've never seen it it's on hbo it's from the early 2000s um best finale i've ever seen and i can't not cry like even watching the beginning the first half of the episode i was like oh i feel fine like i'm fine i'm not gonna cry and then by the end i'm just like bawling like a fucking baby like it's just impossible and if you didn't cry during it then i'm gonna judge you and you have no soul um i started watching this show evil which i'm really not sure how i feel about it yet it's kind of silly. It's like one of those network TV shows where like they're investigating paranormal things, but like she's a cop and he's a priest. And it's like, it's so silly. And I, I can't tell if I like it yet or not. Um, it's, really, it's kind of <laughs> well, stupid. My wife really, I just, I'm laughing because my wife really wants to see that show. She wants us to start watching that show. And she showed me the preview for it. And she's like, doesn't that look terrifying? And I remember, and I, I, you know, when you're trying to say something, it just comes out completely wrong. I was like, if that scares you, I can show you movies that'll poop your pants. <laughs> and, and that's been like a running joke now where it's like, First off, a movie pooping her pants, and also, um, also now I feel like I, I feel obligated to show her a movie that will freak her out really bad, which isn't that hard because she gets pretty scared pretty easily. But I'm trying to think of something that'll really because she's like, "Oh, the evil looks so good, it looks so scary," and I'm like, I "Guess." I yeah, know. it's watching the few, first few episodes. Like some of them are graphic, but like I don't know. I still was like, "This is really dumb," but I I do want to watch the rest of it because like you know, a lot of the content out right now. It's just easy watching. Um, I do want to uh, say that the two, and now probably once a year, I, I want to watch like all the regular Halloween films, you know, like especially during this Halloween time, I want to watch The Thing, The Beyond. And then um, I always, I, I probably watch Dracula all the time, but I just revisited them and they're still my two favorite Probably favorite movies, but also favorite vampire movies ever. And I'll talk, I could talk about them endlessly, and I have before, but Dracula, the Coppola Dracula, uh -huh. is just exquisite. It's just great, except for Keanu Reeves, which I don't even want to hear it from you. Because even Keanu said he wasn't good in it. Yeah, but uh, the funny thing about that is that there's that scene where, um, you know, he like cuts his chest open and one of the riders drinking his blood and then they all storm in. It's right before he turns into that fucking gnarly bat monster thing. And uh, <laughs> it was just pretty gnarly. I will give them that. It is a fucking gnarly fucking rad costume. But anyway, in, in that scene, like, you know, uh, Coppola was behind, you know, like, he really, he, they're, they're, they're yelling stuff at, at one of the rider, calling her a slut, calling her a whore, not on camera, but off camera to, to guy get her to like get this reaction of her feeling so ashamed and unclean and all this stuff. 
And you know who refused to do it? Keanu Reeves. He's like, no, I'm not doing that to her. And I'm like, all right. He's, you know, he's ruined it for every other guy. Nobody, <laughs> nobody, nobody can ever be that guy who's just like, man, he's just the nicest, coolest dude in the world. And you know what? I've been, I've been talking him up for a long time about how he, he deserves a better chance, he more of a chance. And you know what? Now everybody's feeling Keanu fever. And uh, I just want to let everybody know that I'm patient zero. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's a good guy. He's just not the greatest actor. But, you know, I'll literally watch any John Wick movie you put in front of me. So, um. But I do, I, I love it. It's just a perfect movie. The whole beginning, everything about it is just is spectacular. I'll talk about it forever. And then Interview with a Vampire, which I also think is probably both um, Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise's best work. Um, they're both great in it. I can't think of anything better. For, for Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise? Yeah, fuck both of their entire catalogs. I just... All right. People want to say once, but please don't ever say once. Oh, I was gonna say that. No, no, no. For for Brad Pitt, I mean, I just feel like there's so many better. I don't. I really don't. I think he's just that actor that like is really attractive, and people just put him in movies continually. I don't really think he's that great. Tom Cruise, on the other hand, has made some really great films. What was that? Uh, Interview with the Vampire is is really great. Everything I I I like the atmosphere. Um, the makeup job in it is spectacular. Um, even the score, there's like pieces that like I remember, you know, there's a part where like, um, you know, a stat's floating up in the air and it's just this like really scary sort of whimsical sound. And even Kirsten Dunst, you know, is is really great in it. Um, it's it's one of my favorites. The makeup job in it is exceptional. I don't think we'll ever see that again. You know, people focus too much on on CGI and stuff, but it's like. It's just the right look and how they did it, which I've, I've talked about before, is um, apparently it was like really grueling and, and no one actually liked working on this movie. But they, they pretty much made all the actors hang upside down and then they traced their all their veins and their faces and then repainted them on um, within the makeup job to make them look, you know, translucent, but not dead, even though they were. It's it's brilliant. It's really brilliant. Um, yeah. Those are my two favorite. Yeah. You can't even think about, you know, what you want a military movie for movie for Tom Cruise. I don't think so. No, no, God, no. I'm just saying that, like Brad Pitt. I mean, easily better in Twelve Monkeys, and I like Interview with the Vampire. I don't I think he's better in Twelve Monkeys. I think that's equally a good role for him. California but, with David Duchovny and Brad Pitt. Really you think good. that's a good movie? <laughs> yes, yes. I think Brad Pitt's fantastic. I like it. I like it, but it's oh, not my God. a great movie. That's bananas. Um, and then, uh, and then I watch Cats which is not my finest movement. I was just really high. Uh, and I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to see how ridiculous it was. And then the first 10 minutes, I laughed so much. Just seeing all these characters, they look so stupid. I can't even begin to tell you how funny everyone is. The minute Idris Elba came on screen, I started dying laughing. Like I literally screamed out loud. Um, the musical numbers are great, but it's so... It's so weird and so stupid, and I cannot believe that millions of dollars were put into this and that these people got paid. I feel like at the end of it, they should have just, like, waved their fee and be like, we made an abomination that no one should ever see, and I'm so sorry. Uh, I only made it halfway through. I didn't watch the second act. I heard it I heard it really pops off, though, in the second act, but I just, like, couldn't do it anymore. Um, it's – it – 
it's, it's funny because some one of my friends was like freaking out at me because he's like, how could you do this to yourself? <laughs> and I got to say, you just have to see it with your own eyes. Like it's it's pretty unbelievable how ridiculous it is until you watch it. Oh, my God. I Yeah, I'm going to pass. It's one of those things where I feel like I can go the rest of my life without having to see the adaptation of Cats. I don't know. I don't know. It's pretty special. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, maybe maybe when the pandemic's over and they open up theaters again, because, you know, I, ever, I mean, I, right before it, it, you know, before the pandemic happened, Cats was on its way of becoming like the next Rocky, not not even Rocky Horror, because I don't want to. No, how dare you? Rocky, I don't want to demean Rocky, but you know what I mean? Like that, that movie, like, I guess Showgirls, but you know what? I've, I've, Showgirls I've, is good. Showgirls is great. Showgirls is one of my favorite movies. <laughs> All right. But you know what I mean? Like that movie that builds up a cult following for being like, you know, anyway. Um, so I have a lot to talk about with the next movie. So I'll have you introduce what we watched. Um, we watched Repulsion, mm-hmm. uh, which is Roman Polanski. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was made in 1965 and it's his first English film, um, which is funny. And it's also the loosely like put together apartment trilogy that people like to call just because you know they take Mm -hmm. place in apartments um it's really interesting so this this film you know is is about um they they were saying that she has schizophrenia but i I don't know if it if it was just that but basically she's kind of she's kind of a shut-in and and her she lives with her sister in 1960s um her sister goes on a holiday with a married man and and she has to stay there alone and it's basically her descent into this madness that she's created for herself um it's interesting it's weird and i think roman polanski is always a topic that's gonna cause some issues because of his history with um sodomizing a 13 year old uh you know but that's the truth of it if you googled roman polanski you'd find that immediately um and then obviously his his art uh which is uh his film so i feel like people are gonna be like some people are gonna be like why'd you do a roman polanski film and i feel like it's important to separate the art from the artist um and if that way we'd never have anything if we didn't allow you know monsters to create as well (laughs) Well, I mean, also, I mean, if you listen to our very first episode of this podcast, we actually talked about this where we said, you know, like I say, like, how is it that I can like turn down, you know, like when Jeepers Creepers 3 came out, I was like, fuck that guy. I don't want to give that guy any money because he fucking molested boys on the set of one of his films. And um, and yet if someone's like, hey, let's go see Rosemary's Baby, I'd be like, yes, let's go. So how can I why? Why is one OK? And why is the other one not? And is it because you know, um, why is one director get a pass and why is one not? Is it because Rome Plansky is a fucking genius? Genius? Yeah. yeah. I I know you, it's going to happen throughout history, no matter what we do. I mean, just look at Michael Jackson or, um, you know, the mamas and papas, um, anything with art or music or or film, like you're going to get some monsters creating it. And I guess it's just what we do with that. But I feel like Repulsion is one of those movies that everyone has obviously taken from throughout horror history after this film. Like there's so many things in this film that I see in other movies just constantly. Yeah. Um, It's actually perfect. There's this scene, you know, in the beginning where, uh, she carol the the young girl with uh with his ailment um mental ailment i don't know uh her descent into madness but she's just kind of getting out of her room she just woke up and this camera work is just fucking fantastic like it pans from her 
getting up, looking, looking in the kitchen, seeing her sister and then walking towards the bathroom and then her, you know, being surprised by her sister's boyfriend or boy toy in it. And it's just like, what a great fucking shot. There's so many of those in here that I'm like, wow, just wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, um, uh, two things stand out for me. Like, well, I, I, I saw this movie over 20 years ago. I was a junior high and I loved it. I absolutely fucking love I remember I distinctly remember watching it in the living room with my my stepdad and a family friend. We were watching it. And I think it was I was I was able to watch it because it was like um I don't know, they I think they wanted to see it and I was like, okay, I'll watch it and everything. And so I loved it. Um and, and you know, watching it again twenty years late to over twenty years later, I'm like, oh my god, so many things that I love have been clearly inspired by this, you know? Like I'm talking not just in horror, but like even leaning towards our like I mean uh, I see a lot of a racer head in Re repulsion and I, I realize that repulsion, the, the style of it, like this confined place, the black and the white and, and like the weird, like this, this, the audio and the visual the audio uh, work on there, you know, like the weird sounds is playing when like, whenever she's having these hallucinations, um, they informed a lot of my tastes, like one yeah. of the things that I really love, you know, like, um, I mean, I say that, you know, people are gonna like, well, yeah, but didn't you just defend, you know, aren't you talking about Nightmare on the Street 3? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm talking more about like, again, a lot of the David Lynch stuff that I love, I feel like pulls a lot from Repulsion, but, um, and it's, and it's a work of art and it's really tough. But on the other hand, what, what it's really hard to watch this movie now, I think harder than, no, as an adult, knowing what he did, Roman Polanski, it's like, cause if you think of, I, I bring that up, I bring up Rosemary's Baby along with this is because like, with, with with this movie in particular, it's Catherine Deneuve's character is like it's not that she's schizophrenic as much as she's literally repulsed and yet turned on by um, men and their yeah. Uh, but then it their, goes in in her descent of madness. That's not just repulsion; sure. it's uh, it's fantasy. You know what I mean? Sure, exactly. Yeah, and she she and she has these fantasies where she's being sexually assaulted by this guy over and over again. It's like. Rome plant is it just kind of makes me think of what he does later and go as a person. I'm like, man, you knew that was fucked up. You knew it was fucked up because you did two movies Based prior up. to this. Yeah, where you Yeah, were I thought about the same thing. I literally watching it, I'm like, I wonder if he knew, you know, like right. I wonder if like he had thought about this because it, it's weird. The depiction of it is in the movie is really scary. And, and if you, you know, watch the movie to the end, it plants an idea of like, Oh, maybe she was abused before. You don't know in the right. movie, but you get an idea. And then you're like, you're, you're like, what the fuck was he thinking? And it's funny. Cause I've had many arguments about this um, right. online and everyone will, but like, you know, some guy was trying to justify it. <laughs> and like, he's like, right. his wife just got murdered. Like, then I was like, so that makes it okay to like yeah, fuck a thirteen year old like what? Dude? The, my wife but, got married. My wife got murdered. Doesn't entitle you to like drug and you know assault a child. It, it, it entitles you to a lot of therapy, not to, to ruin somebody else's fucking life. And like, and it's funny because the the argument I had where I was like when, we were, when I was watching Repulsion, the same thing my wife had said when we were watching Rosemary's Baby. She's like, oh wait a minute. Mia Farrow's character in this movie gets drugged and then raped by the devil, and like, and then he does the more or less the same thing a few years later. And I was like, "Yeah, but," and I'm like, "I'm actually trying to argue, but like, it's just like the book. It's just like Ira Levin's book. He had nothing to do with that." Um, and then, but watching this, I'm like, "Oh yeah, like we we've already established that what's happening to her is not a good thing." And then it's just here's the thing is that it's an interesting movie about a woman who's right. You're like, you said descending into madness and, and it's her fears and insecurities about, you know, intimacy and men, you know, like there's this great scene where her, 
her kind of boyfriend, this guy that she's like kind of seeing, although we never ever get that impression at all. Um, he like gives her right home. Then he just like tries to kiss her. Or he does kiss her. And she like freaks out and she runs inside and she's like furiously brushing her teeth and washing her mouth. And like, um, you know, and then of course there's this very famous, famous scene um, that people have seen stills of where like, she's walking down the hallway and she's these, these men's arms, like and hands reaching out for her from like bursting through the wall. And it's like, um, you know, it's, it's, it's clearly, but it's clearly a guy's version of that story. I, I think it would have been more, I think it'd be interesting now to see, like, have a woman tell that story, you know, and maybe not the same story as repulsion, but, but like, it's clearly a guy who had, who, and let's be honest, Roman Polanski doesn't know shit about women. Cause if he did, he wouldn't have had to be the garbage human being that he is. Um, you know what I mean? It's like, it's a guy's, it's a, it's a guy's perspective. It's like him and another guy wrote this story and it's like, uh, it's not the most searing insight into a woman's psyche, but on the other hand, I think it's a fucking brilliant movie and it's tough. It's like, I am, I am more torn about this movie than I am about any of his other movies. I can honestly tell you that. Yeah, I, I agree. I think because you, you're, we're equating the subject matter to real life, which is, yeah. you, you can't do, but you can obviously with anybody. Yeah. I mean, but there's like pieces in it that I think are so important. I mean, not only the, the camera work and the lighting and, and everything, the cinematography within the apartment, but also how they made it feel and, and, pieces of her as well um um so there there's actually like realistic things in this um that he does and even though you know plus <laughs> everything in hollywood's well not now luckily the tides are changing a little bit but for the most part every female experience was written by a man anyway but um <laughs> there there's things in this that that make it uh, extra creepy, like the depiction of of the depressive part of her cycling, you know, where <laughs> she's doing weird things. She won't change. She's wearing the same things. She tries to go to work. She tries to make it an excuse, but of course they blow it off. And they were like, you know, when I was pregnant, when I had my baby, like I only spent two days and I came back to work. And it's like, right. obviously, like that's still a thing in society um, that they do. Also, when, you know, she brings out the cooked rabbit and she just leaves it there. It's like just little things like that that are really kind of scary, but also show like some some weird realistic characteristics of like depression and anxiety and and cycling into like psychosis. So there's just there's just like a lot of little things in this that like really just make this movie like insanely great. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, one of the things that like this movie taught me was even as a, at a young age was that uh, was the idea of meta, you know using you know visual metaphors like the cracking on the walls, like her walls starting to crack, a split is like a metaphor for like her losing her mind, you know, like her 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 continual, you know, yeah. um, breaking you know, breaking down, um, and and you know to kind of real quickly to kind of touch on what I was saying is like one thing that I have to point out is that yeah like there's amazing cinematography there's amazing 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 sound design just just as there are in a lot of other Polanski's movies and all I guess I'm trying to say is that to to, to your effect of like you know to your to answer your thing about you know art and everything like that is that um you know if we were just to not watch Repulsion or Rosemary's Baby or anything else because Roman Polanski's a, gar a garbage human being um we're denying the great work of Catherine Deneuve, you know, the cinematographer who's got his name fucking escapes me, but there are other people who worked on this movie to make this movie 
Yeah, what it's it is, never you know? just one person. One person. Right. Obviously, you know, with film, you know, it's like hundreds. Sometimes, you know, in bigger films, it's like thousands. Um, yeah. It just in, is insane. So, um, and and I think, you know, sometimes people feel like, oh, if you like something, like they're a representation of you, but that's not the case. Um, right. <clears throat> but yeah, there, there's just like so many things about this movie that I'm like, oh, God, this is just exquisite. Okay. Yeah, it is. It is. It is a fantastic fucking movie. It really is. And like, um, I again, I, I, I implore anybody who's like a, you know, a fan of David Lynch or you know, a fan of a lot of more of the, you know, well, uh, film, surreal. Yeah, yeah, film in general. I mean, there's also the things with the noises too, like like you just mentioned the sound um, yeah. department. You know, with the there's certain things like ringing of bells or like the telephone ringing or like just shit to bring her into like this, this cycle is just really cool too. Um, yeah. And it's really weird that, and it's funny cause in the trivia section, you know, on IMDb, you always find these like really great little tidbits, but apparently it was the first female orgasm on film in the UK, which they don't show it obviously, but it's, it's um, just the sound recording. And you know, it's in the beginning where her sister's husband's over and they're having sex, which is obviously repulsing her. Um, she, she hates it, but I, apparently that was, that was it. Um, which is really interesting to think about cause it was just 1965. And then also um, in order to get this produced, um, cause I guess Polanski went to Paramount and they were just like, no, um, he went to Compton pictures, which I guess was um, a porn company, a softcore porn company. And so that's how he got this made, which is really interesting to think about that. That's the length that he had to do just to show this amount. Yeah. And it's funny because this movie, it, it's such a, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. Um, you know, in the sense that like there's, you don't, you, again, you don't see it and you're right. You, you hear it through a wall and like, yet yeah, he went through all these links just to make that happen. And I, I, you know, that is something to be said about that, you know, and I, I guess I do, I love this movie and it's like, it's not that I'm like, I'm trying to avoid talking about the plot and talking more about the art. But the thing is the plot is really just, you know, you can sum up in a sentence, woman trapped inside apartment goes crazy, you know? Yeah. There's, I a also, lot, there's, a, there's a lot more to it, but I'm just saying that like plot wise, that's. Well, I also wanted to pick that too, because I feel like this is what many of us are experiencing, yeah. uh, you know, within quarantine and, and the pandemic and everything. We're just like all inside. And it's like, I love being inside, but not when I'm want not during this, like, it just feels like something else, you know, and, you know, you, you see things and you, you go a little crazy because your mind starts playing tricks on you. Um, yeah, I just, I think it's, I think it's a great, it's a great piece of work. It is. It really is. I, I'm. A, I'm. I'm. I still very much love this movie. It was one of those things when I was watching it, I realized how many times I've gone on like Criterion's website and like hovered my mouse over like the like you know put in cart you know uh, for repulsion because I've always thought about. But I'm like uh, I always like kind of whatever. And watching it again, I'm like oh yeah. I, well, there's, I there's also a thing in this movie that happens a lot too, where like I don't. It, I don't know how to describe it well, but it's like not the appearance of weakness within. I think it is. I think it's like the appearance of weakness in, in, in women. And, and you find this a lot when, when there's a female killer, which I feel like doesn't happen too often, but when it does, it's, it's like something else, but there's like an appearance of her being weak because she's timid and she's repulsed and she's scared. And she's actually not, I mean, there's a, there's an interesting scene, you know, where the landlord finally comes to collect rent and she's in her nightgown. She's just sitting on the couch, but the way she's sitting is like really kind of scary because she's just kind of slumped over, you know, she's yeah. obviously really out of it. And he just starts like saying some things. He does not see her as a threat, but she is the threat that, and, that's, right. and she hacks him to death, you know? 
Um, well, I mean, same, he tries to assault her, you know, which is, I think is... Uh, yeah, but that's different, is he thought he could overpower her. Yeah, absolutely, uh, yeah. And he didn't. And then also, even with the uh, the boyfriend or the guy who's courting her, you know, like, he, <laughs> he yeah. breaks in, you know, yeah. and she's kind of like, what the hell? And then, you know, she bludgeons him. And so I think there's also, like, a reverse on the female weakness or timidness that, like, guys are just like, they're not a threat to me. Even when she's, like, showing these really clear signs of like aggressiveness and and apprehension and 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 stuff like that and and i think that's really interesting as well yeah they're not afraid they they don't feel like there's any harm or any risk of them um if if they assert their masculinity and um i i and it comes back to to haunt them you know literally moments later and uh i did want to say you know it's funny do you recognize the landlord at all uh, he looked familiar, but I couldn't put his, his voice was more familiar than anything. We, we watched him in the blood on Satan's claw. He was the judge who like, you know, basically has, he, he ends up at the end of the movie with the giant fucking sword fighting the devil. You know? Oh, weird. <laughs> yeah. And I realized when I was watching, cause I didn't know that when I, when, I, when we were watching blood on Satan's claw, I'd seen both of these movies, but I never put that, you know, cause he's only in repulsion for, you know, like a few seconds, you know? Um, but I was like, man, I don't think this guy ever, did this guy ever play a, a good guy? Like a, a guy you'd be like, yeah, I'd hang out with him in, in blood on Satan's claw, even though he's the hero kind of, he's a total asshole and in repulsion. Let's not even get into what piece of shit he is. Um, but it's like, man, this guy just talk about typecasting. Um, but even then, you know, but yeah, I, I agree with you that it is definitely, um, it, it is it is kind of touching up on the idea that like they think of Catherine Deneuve as kind of like this like a uh, fragile little thing you know and, and and you know and and like the husband the boyfriend her boyfriend again I just they never you never see them like in a really in any sort of scenario where it like feels like they're in a relationship but he's like I just I can't stop thinking about you I just I want to be with you and it's like um is he fucking uh, is he dumb or is he like does he not see that she's clearly somewhere else you know yeah, what i mean like, like not interested not interested but she's all you know what i mean and just that idea that like you know what what men do they objectify you know women and 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 they they kind of ignore the obvious and they kind of put them up on a pet and sometimes they'll put them up on a pedestal and be like she's a goddess she's this she's that and she's like no, actually it's a fucking human being who's kind of like losing her fucking shit um and with Kat, which Catherine Genova is as well. And it's tough because I go back, I used to go back and forth when I was watching it again. I was like, man, is Catherine Genova really just, is she, I love her. I think she's great. And, and especially in other things that I've seen her in. But in this one, I kept like juggling back and forth between, do I really like her in this movie or do I find it really frustrating? Because, you know, she is playing such a, um, I don't know, timid character or such a uh, meek character. But then I realized that like, it's really hard to play like crazy good. You know, yeah. if that makes any sense. You know what I mean? Like, you have to be like, – I've seen a lot of people play crazy bad, you know? Go to any sort of fucking, you know, theater, you know, performance of something or, or improv or, like – or watch shitty videos, you know? And, like, you'll see a lot of performances of people going crazy, and I put that in quotations. But Catherine Deneuve just got it. She nails it, you know? Less is more. And she realizes – and I think that's kind of a, a reason why she's cast in this movie is because she's so good at being – crazy kind of like doing you know doing a lot less and getting a lot more of it also because she doesn't have to work very hard to become this to be this woman that guys are like you know are constantly hitting on her like there's a scene where she's walking through this like kind of like not park i guess a park area you know like a and like some weird like, like construction worker or some workers like hitting on her as she walks by like really sleazily and it's like yeah um catherine Jones is beautiful you know she's a gorgeous human being 
um, even now, like, I don't know if you've seen any pictures of her recently, she's gorgeous, you know, and it's like, it doesn't, you know, it, it's, I can easily see why all these like lecherous guys would be like hitting on her anytime they, they lay eyes, lay eyes on her. So, um, but it's not, but what's great about her is it's not just the reason why she was cast. She's also able to play that fucking crazy really, really well, like really convincingly. Um, but there's just sometimes when she talks, I'm just like, uh, but it's you know it's part of her character. I do like when she stabs her. Um, she's she's giving some woman a manicure. Oh yeah. And, and she uh she kind of goes off in a little, you know, tangent and just jabs her with the oh god. Just like I don't know why that bothered me more than anything else. I mean, like her beating somebody over the head, her slicing somebody up with a razor, doesn't affect me. But her stabbing somebody's like finger or cuticle really hard enough to draw blood that got me. I don't know. I don't know. It just, it fucked me up. I was like, all right, I'm done. Um, I'm out. No, I, I really, I, I, I do love this movie. I just, when you said, let's watch Repulsion, I was like, oh man, like it's been so long. Am I, how am I going to feel about it? And I'm glad we watched it, but it does raise questions. Yeah, I am too. It's, it's an interesting piece to reflect on in, in different ways. Um, yeah. Obviously given the history that we know about Polanski, but um I, I'm really glad that we watched it. I think it's a good pandemic movie if you want to feel more paranoid about your own um, mental health. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, but yeah, it's. It, I'm glad too that like we watched it because I feel like I feel like we were going on the cheese level a little too hard, and we needed something uh, a little more um, uh, meatier. Yeah, <laughs> to uh, to wash it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's 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 kind of a brilliant film. It really is. Yeah, it, it's definitely. Um, it's let me put it this way: if you're if you watch this movie and you don't have anything to say about it afterwards, you don't have it. You like you don't have a, if you watch it with someone, you don't have a conversation with them afterwards. You clearly did not see the movie that we're talking about. You saw another movie. There's another. There's got to be another movie called Repulsion that you watched because this movie will make you talk, and I love that. I I, I do this. Uh, for me, honestly, like this is my favorite Polanski film, even more so than Rosemary's Baby. Just because, again, so many movies that uh, that I, I I love that I can point out in Repulsion. I'm like, ah, oh, that's where that got that came from. Even the opening credits with the eyeball and it says Repulsion. I love that. I just ah, oh, there's just something about that that's so cool. Um, but yeah, no Repulsion, Rosemary's Baby, uh, Macbeth. Those are that's a pretty solid Polanski block if you want to. Um, and then of course Chinatown. But yeah, uh, I, I really yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, it's kind of funny that I think he, I don't know if, I don't know now if reflecting on it, he feels differently about this, but I guess originally he was like, yeah, we made this film because we knew it would make money and, and also um, that we'd get, you know, projects financed or other films I wanted to do. But I don't know. That was like a weird excerpt from like his biography, but which I didn't read. <laughs> um, uh, so it's, in, it's interesting to just think about. It's interesting. This is an interesting film to like analyze itself and then also the director now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying is that like, it's, it's a weird movie to watch when you're, and you're old enough to, like I said, I, when I saw this, when I first saw this, I knew that Roman Plancy did something bad, but I didn't know what it was. So I'm just watching the movie as like, holy shit. And like, this is happening and this is happening. And what does it all mean? And I was like, my, my mind is blown, you know, like my 13 year old brain is just doesn't know how to handle it. It's so cool. And then now I'm older. I'm like, oh my God, you know, like, holy shit. Cause I know, you know, I know more. And, yeah. Uh, so, um, that being said, it, it's it is a fantastic movie, and I'm, I'm 
I agree with you. It's a great pandemic movie. I mean, when I say great pandemic movie, I mean, it's great for a pandemic themed movie. I don't know if this is something you would want to watch when you're alone, isolating and going crazy yourself. It might kind of be that last <laughs> nudge, thing that you know? pushes you over. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, kind of like if I was like, oh, if I was ever going to like do some really, something really bad to myself, I'd probably watch Requiem for a Dream just to give me that little bit of a push. Yeah, that you know? sadness. No, yeah, I, like, I thought about this a lot, especially in the pandemic, especially being like a woman. You hear from a lot of dudes. I'm, I'm sure it's the same for other women, too. And not not all of it bad. I'm not talking about, but it's like an interesting reflective piece on like everyone just clamoring to like find connection during the pandemic. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, you're it's, right. I never it is that. really interesting. I feel like this is the best movie if you really want to like self-analyze. All right, all right. I, I will. I'll give you that. I um, I, I definitely think people should check it out. I think it's uh, ah, it's one of the best, one of the best. But yeah, let's let's. I think it's okay to go back. That the thing is, we didn't just go from cheese to meaty. We went like we went from like zero to ten. Like. <laughs> Which is pretty. I think we should go back to cheese for our for our Halloween more Halloweeny episode. But uh, I'll leave that. We'll we'll discuss that later. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm glad. I'm really glad you picked this one. Had you seen it before? No, no, I haven't. Which is interesting. Well, not interesting, but it's the first out of all of the the apartment trilogies. Um, and it's it's funny because um, this would come up a lot in my searches. Obviously, um. The tenant would come up a lot when I was searching tenant, so I watched that, and then I was like, I've never seen Repulsion. There's a lot of Plansky movies I haven't seen. I think because the realization of what uh, he was came after I had seen a few of his films. Yeah. Um, but, but I did really want to see this, uh, yeah. which is why I, I picked it so we could talk about it. But I had never seen this one before. Are you actually actively looking for for um, pand? I mean, you said you you search. Are you actively looking for pandemic movies? No, I I don't think I'm actively looking, but this one appealed to me more because of the synopsis. And I was like, oh, a woman isolating herself in her apartment. <laughs> I was like, this feels like a good pandemic style movie that we could discuss and, and bring, um, you know, some examples to real life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> more in sure. more ways than one. Yeah. Well, you heard it here first, guys. If you're, yeah. uh, if you're, you know, this is a, this is the best pandemic movie. You want to feel bad, you know? Watch watch this movie. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! And then you know, um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. That that's that's a great way to end it. No, it, it's great, and it's it's available for torrent and for rent on almost every streaming um, streaming this system. Is- this is one that I'm going to say, if you can fucking torn it, fucking go at it. Cause you know, if it means Polanski loses money, I'm okay with that. Um, but it is so fucking good. Um, all right. Well, yeah. Until know. next time we'll see if we, if we wash our brains with more cheese after our analysis. <laughs> more cheese, more cheese. All right, guys. <laughs> all right. Bye. This is Carol Ledoux, young, beautiful, desirable. Men found her irresistible. Repulsion.
a frightening film that takes the everyday world and distorts it, taking you inside the mind of a girl driven to insanity. No other film has ever shown with such intense reality the terrifying journey into madness. I want to be, to be with you all the time. In the attractive body of this beautiful girl throbs the mind of a killer. Carol Ledoux, possessed by the nightmare world of her sensual fantasies. Now the horrors from her twisted mind spill over into Poor little girl. All by herself. All shaking like a little frightened animal. Come on. Come on. Just, just a little kiss between friends, huh? Come on. Now the nightmare terror from the depths of her imagination erupts into the solid world of every day. And fact and fantasy are fused in a frantic fury of repulsion. 